Coffee Talk includes real talk that may not vibe with some listener preferences. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, glad you could join us on Coffee Talk. I'm Jessie. And I'm Kat. We're two friends that could not be more different. Besides our love for multiple beverages and melodramatic TV shows. We drink coffee, talk about coffee, catch up with you all, and have a real good coffee talk. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Coffee Talk, especially welcome back after our small hiatus. We apologize profusely for that and just delaying episodes more often. We kind of set a pact at the beginning of things that we really didn't want to ever have to delay things. And in our first year, we've had to delay like three times. So very big apology on that. I promise we are consciously making an effort to do that way less and to really not have to lean on that. Hopefully, Jesse and Mai's lives are going to slow down a bit now and we won't have these problems as often. We'll see. But more not likely on- at all. <laughs> More on why we had to delay in the how have you been section. So I'll just jump right into the episode, aka business updates. So do not ask us about the relationship and sexual violence prevention episode. Do not ask about it. We clearly have not figured things out and we're basically struggling to fit simple things into our lives, let alone a whole ass interview. We're working on it, okay? Um, yeah, I guess I'll just jump into the, what are you drinking for this episode, Jess? Um, I'm having Earl Grey tea. I had coffee earlier. It was really bad. I think I'm just over lattes. I think I just want cold brew or an Americano. I think I'm just over flavors, whatever. What are you drinking? I'm actually drinking root beer. Yeah. It's weird. I just really didn't want coffee. It's a little later in the day right now, and I've had a lot of coffee this week, so I'm a little coffeeed out, and on top of that, I didn't really want to crack a beer on the episode. I wanted to save that for later because I got... I really... I'm not a big beer person, but there's something about a Corona premiere really ice cold with a lime. That just makes makes me happy. So I'm saving that for after recording as a treat. So I'm drinking root beer that I put in a cup from Quick Trip. Well, I got it from Quick Trip. And actually, speaking of, I was in Quick Trip getting this, and I got hit on not once, but twice. And the first guy complimented both my hair and my shoes. And he was wearing very expensive, I don't know, $200 shoes it looked like. You know, you can just tell when it's really expensive. Adidas or something like that. And he complimented my shoes, which were athletic shoes. And they look really expensive. But fun fact, I got them for $11 at Walmart. So I felt like that was a pretty decent compliment. Yeah, that's dope. They're very comfortable, which I've found. I've started going to Walmart for shoes. It's very weird, but they're quite fashionable and very comfortable. Very nice. Very cheap. Yeah, I have found that it's been so long since I've been in society that now when people compliment my hair, it doesn't annoy me. (laughs) I'm like, oh, (laughs) 
thank you because i just haven't heard it in so long yeah and i think the guy that first complimented my shoes was definitely looking to prolong the conversation because first he like walked up and he was getting a soda as well and he goes i really like your shoes and i was like thank you and then 10 seconds passed and he goes and i really like your hair and he's still you know like looking me up and down during like this your time. face too yeah your shorts and I go, aren't too bad <laughs> and i go thanks wow and i kept with my task not only because I'm not interested, but I was in a hurry and I have a boyfriend. So I wasn't going to just, you know, entertain it or whatever. And then he just kind of stood there and, and I think he realized that it wasn't going anywhere because after the two compliments, I didn't continue the conversation. So then he just kind of left. It was nice though. It was flattering. Oh, I forgot something in the introduction, by the way. So a little birdie told us that listeners may be interested in a coffee talk playlist of the things that Jess and I listen to basically. So we always talk about what music are you listening to? And one of our listeners mentioned that a playlist might be nice. So if you have any thoughts on the matter, please DM us or, I don't know, email us at cjcoffeetalk at gmail.com or there's a submission form on our website, coffeetalkpod.com on the homepage. I guess if you are interested in that or if you want us to do a playlist, a certain genre, send your thoughts our way we'll do it cool so so how have you been what's up how's, how's the hiatus loaded question <laughs> um let me give you a rundown of the last like month and a half of my life so at the end of april my university had its spring break they decided to do it at the end of the term instead of the middle which i'm not entirely sure why but they did it that way So during that time, I just went home to hang out with my mom, but we were so busy the whole week just doing projects on the house and I had the dogs and it was a lot. So went from that and then as soon as I got back to my university, it was like hell broke loose because I had every deadline, everything, end of the semester. And even though I wasn't in classes, it is a lot, let me tell you, to get together research that you've been working on for years in one final presentation, rehearsing that final presentation, finishing your final paper, which let's be real, I did not write near as much as I should have in advance. So a lot of it was being written then and it was an 80 page research paper. 80 pages. Do you know how many pages that is? How many pages to write in a couple of weeks? It's a lot. So dealing with everything, wrapping up my research, my two research projects, not related to each other, final presentations, also even just figuring out where the heck I'm supposed to live and what job I was going to have because I still had no concrete answers, didn't even know I didn't even know about Goldie. I didn't know if he was going to have a job or where he was going to be, what was going on, which that is not something y'all know me. I can even somewhat mentally handle. That was one of the most stressful periods of my life just because I didn't know what was going on and where I was going to live two weeks from where I was currently at. So that was pretty terrifying. So dealing with that for my last couple of weeks and also just the emotional aspect of finally leaving my undergrad, even though I had already graduated, it was, it's very different to come to terms with the fact that like you're leaving, especially when you're an emotional person like me and sentimental and nostalgic, all of the above. Went from that to 
my makeup graduation weekend in which Jessie came to visit me, which was so exciting. I got to see her and her mom and a lot of my good friends that had graduated either years before came up for my graduation or that graduated my year but then moved to a different area, came back for it. So that was really satisfying and I'm grateful that my school finally had an in-person ceremony even though it was outside and separated and all of that because I did get to have that ceremony which is important to me being the sentimental human I am. But again, a lot of emotion. And that weekend itself was also busy as hell because I'm entertaining people, we're going out, we're going to lunches, trying to coordinate things, grad parties, everything. That was a lot. And then pretty immediately after that, turned around and in one day packed up my entire apartment. And then the day after that, I was going to Belize with Goldie and his family for his grad present. And I am not complaining here when I say this, but Belize was no vacation, okay? His mom, Goldie's mom, is such a kind, generous human being paying for me to go and paying for this world-class four-star resort in Belize, charter plane to get us there, room on the ocean, just everything, right? Beautiful. But it's an adventure resort. So part of our package was an adventure every day. And these are not like those typical cruise ship adventures or whatever where it's really not physically exerting, you're in a bus a lot of the time, blah, blah, blah. No, you are moving. You are up at 6 a.m. You are eating breakfast. You are going. You are in jungles. You are physically activity oriented until 5 p.m. that night every single day. So I am exhausted already, exhausted after that week. Amazing week. So much fun, but just more exhaustion. So I was already mentally exhausted. Now I'm physically exhausted. And we fly back into Houston uh, Friday night. We drive to Tulsa starting at 5 a.m. that Saturday morning, next morning. And then we're in Tulsa for about an hour before Goldie and I rent a U-Haul and literally move our entire lives, my entire apartment, his entire apartment in the next 24 hours while we had the U-Haul truck into our new house. So we found a new house. We're renting. We've got a third roommate, so it's um, cost efficient. Our third roommate has been our friend for like five years now, so both a very good friend. Um, I need to come up with a nickname for him, but alas, I'll do that later. Anyways, so finally found a house. Things started working out. Goldie got a job offer at an amazing place. I might have mentioned this last episode, but his job is basically going to allow him to live wherever as long as he's near an airport because his work is either remote or he's traveling for it. So that's perfect because when I go to Yes, because when I go to vet school, he'll be able to move wherever. So I'm no longer worried about long distance and I'm no longer worried about having to, I don't know, find a vet school in the area that he's at a job. Now I can go wherever the hell I want to go and he can follow me. So that's very exciting. I don't feel yeah, like I have definitely any best case scenario. Oh, absolutely. So then um, during my moving week where we moved into our new house, we move in and the contractor who was supposed to do all this work on the house to make it more move-in ready for us basically did half the work he was supposed to by the time we got in there. And our landlords, aka the previous owners, had been out of town, so they hadn't seen the progress on the house when we moved in. So they were unaware that it was like that bad. And we call them and they're so apologetic and, of course, you know, make all these plans to 
rectify the wrong, but it doesn't change the fact that since nothing was ready, we couldn't unpack a single box. We had to sleep on mattresses on the ground in the living room for three days. That sucked. Then finally, more stuff on the house, more physical labor on our part to speed the timeline along. And then we've moving in. We had two weeks. And during that time, I was doing final interviews for jobs. (laughs) And Goldie started work, our third roommate. He started work. And yeah, we moved in. I moved into a house. I unpacked literally everything and did everything because the guys were at work all day and I wanted it done. So I just right. did the whole thing. You're like thing. me. Yeah. If you want to, if you want something done, just, just do it yourself. And plus, <laughs> yeah. I like to organize and they probably couldn't give two shits about how it was set up. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take the initiative to do this, which was fine because I wasn't working. But still, point is, more exhaustion for two weeks. And then literally finish setting up the house. And a day later, I am driving to Kansas to spend my last week before work with my mom because that's important. But when I get there, she's all like, home improvement, landscaping, let's go. So then I did lawn work and landscaping in the hot Kansas sun for a week. And then I went to a destination wedding at the end of that week for the weekend. And that was fine, but it's a lot of travel time. And then here's the kicker. I'm flying back into Kansas City and then driving four hours to Tulsa with Goldie and the dogs. We had to drive because we had the dogs to Tulsa on Monday. And I'm supposed to start my new full-time job on Tuesday, bright and early. Our flight gets delayed. Hours, 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 stuck on the tarmac, flight crew change, just everything. We get into Kansas at 11.30 p.m. I drive to Tulsa from midnight to 4 a.m. And then I'm literally in bed at 4.30 a.m. when I'm supposed to wake up two hours later for my first day of work. And luckily, my boss was nice enough that when I was telling him about my flight problems, he goes, just come in at one. Just take a half day for your first day. So thank God. Thank God. And then I had my first week of work. And now we are here. So that is my catch up and why my life has been hell for about a month and a half. I am part of, partly one of the most stressed periods of my life that I think I've ever been. I think the only thing that tops this was, was my sophomore year of college. And it's getting so bad that I am like losing hair. So I had to get a like hair growth serum. And... I'm so chron. I've just been so chronically stressed for so long, and I'm underweight. Yeah, I lost a shit ton of weight. So, anyway, oh, I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, we are steadily working to normalcy, and I am optimistic now because this first week of work and everything up to it was really that last hump I needed to get over. Oh, and that was my birthday, and that yeah, was my that birthday. Too. That was my birthday yeah. on that Tuesday. After So my first day of work was also my birthday. But it was really sweet, actually, because Goldie went above and beyond. Because I slept in, he, you know, for the half day of work, he brought me Starbucks, so I'd be actually functioning awake. And he got me a venti, triple espresso, you know what I mean? Got me Starbucks, he got me Chipotle for lunch, so I would be full and caffeinated before my first day of work. And then when I came home, he had set up, he had 
put balloons out and got me a cake, like a little small cake and um, a present. He got me a swing for outside because I love swinging. And we have the and we have the perfect tree for it. And the, the people that lived here before us were a family. So the, the dad had already set up a rope swing, but taken off like the swing component when he left. But he's like, do you want me to leave the rope attached to this tree? And we we're like, yeah. So he got me a swing. So now I have like a little um, saucer swing. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the saucer swing. So I have one of those and I'm really happy about it. So, you know, things. And, and he planned a surprise dinner for me with my friends too. So that was really cool. So he really pulled through and I actually had a really wonderful birthday despite the fact that I spent the first four hours of it driving in the dark. Yeah. Yeah, I can't And there's a lot of other things that I could say, like talking about my new job or the new house or roommate dynamics or any of that, but I've been going for about probably 10 minutes now. So I'm just going to stop and shut up and let Jesse go with what she's been doing on this hiatus. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like I'm stressed on your behalf about your last month (laughs) and where was the destination wedding I didn't hear where you said it was oh I didn't but it was in Mackinac Island which is off the coast of Michigan and I was really excited to go because this was with a historical Mm -hmm. uh, uh, like frontier island and they still don't allow any cars on the island And you can only get around using a bicycle or a horse-drawn carriage. And it was so fun. Beautiful, beautiful place. And it was actually fairly cool. And we had just gotten out of a heat wave in both like Oklahoma and Kansas. So it was 75 and sunny. Just chef's kiss. It was really, really beautiful. And it was cool too because this is the group that I go camping with every year. So I've grown up with these people. And Goldie finally got to come and meet everyone. So that was also exciting because he got to be a part of that. And my mom was there, obviously, and I love hanging out with both of them. And also, that's just like a fun group. Oh, yeah, it was a very fun group. I mean, point in in case, what is that phrase? Case in point. Point in case. Case in point. I almost had it. We've been through Um, a lot, okay? Yeah, case in point point yes case in point is that after about 8 30 p.m you know when the relatives kind of like leave it was literally just our camp out group that was still on like the dance floor and still going and still drinking and still being like yeah (laughs) so i was glad we got to do that for the bride otherwise because she had a small wedding because it's a destination wedding you know you kind of have to like make sacrifices when it comes to that so a lot of people left and it was like literally just I don't know, 15 to 20 of us left and it was 8.30 p.m. And I was like, I would feel so anxious if that was my wedding. You know, I want people to have such a good time that they want to stay really late and and their send off, like their send off for their honeymoon wasn't until 10 Uh p.m. And so we're supposed to be there another hour and a half. Why did people leave so soon? I guess they were tired. I don't know. It was a lot of older relatives it looked like, but the point was is that I well, bless their heart. Right. I felt really called to action to be out on the dance floor and be full of energy and rally everyone to get moving. That is um, so funny. We're so those people. Yeah. Anyway, seriously enough about me. Please go. Okay. Sorry. I like hearing about weddings. Um, Woohoo. The. I don't even know where to begin. I feel like you did a much better job at 
keeping the chronology for your timeline. Um, so because each week was a different kind of hell. Yeah, that's that's yeah. It it kept its own chronology, I guess. For me, it was uh, getting ready to move, and then uh, my car was dying. Right. And then it died, and then my parents bought me a new car, which doesn't sound stressful to a normal person. But I am not a normal person. I don't、oh, no. accept extreme gifts. Well, and a car is an extreme gift. Yeah, that is a humongous. It's still. I literally still cannot think about it that much, or it stresses me out. So, so there's that. And then、um, they bought it in in Kansas because that's where I'm from, and so. And it's their car because obviously, like the loan's going to be better if it's still in their name, right?、Um, so they, you know, had to get it registered. They had to get the tags. They had to get the this and that、That's、and the、so、other thing. So expensive. So it took another month to actually get the car to me, and then we had to plan to schedule the car. And then I'm still moving, and and then I found a dog, and. Then we started taking care of the dog, and we were trying to find the dog a shelter because Badger's dog is dog aggressive and kept、yeah. biting him. And one time, she bought bit him so bad we had to go and get him antibiotics. And so, like, and it was like in his in his head, and he's such a sweet boy. And all the shelters were full; like, they literally could not take him. And then they would suggest another one. And then they would be like, "No, I'm sorry, we can't." And then they said, "So like, I was following all these like fake leads, and everybody was full. And then all that was left with the was the pound. And as far as I know, the pound is full too, but they legally can't say no." Oh. Um. Yeah. So. So you don't want to、uh, leave him at the pound. Exactly. But we had him for a month, and we have a dog aggressive dog, and he's getting bit. So like, it was worse because. Yeah, we can't we can't keep doing that. So,、uh, we were getting ready to just take him to the pound, but we were taking him on walks with Kiki every weekend to try to like, you know, be like, hey, adopt a dog. And we had like a little bandana that said like adopt me、Aww. and stuff to walk him around. And he like makes such a good impression because he's so sweet and he's yeah. And then just just so happened、uh, two weekends ago we met this. And like we we had scheduled、uh, to take him to the pound like this last Sunday, but the weekend before we just so happened to meet this couple, and then、uh, they were like you know just fell in love with him because he just is that dog, and、uh, they was like we're taking a while to like we were trying to get something scheduled like ASAP because they wanted to do like a play date because they have a dog. And they wanted to, and it's like an older dog, and so they wanted to have like a younger dog to be a buddy, but also be like a transition pup, you know, if the dog would pass away, and、um, you know, in the next couple years. And they were like, la- like kind of dragging their feet, and we're like, listen, like we have scheduled to take him to the pound on Sunday. Like if you aren't able to, that's fine, but like we'd love to get something scheduled like Friday or Saturday, like if you can. Because Sunday we're taking him to the pound, like we can't keep him; it's expensive, and he's getting hurt by our dog. <laughs> like, <laughs> and we're getting attached because we've had him for a month, and yeah, so it was so hard. 
uh, but we got him to go on a play date and then he did a sleepover and then they decided to keep him. So it was just really a lot of emotional stress the last month and then also like physically moving things and it's not like you and Goldie where you can just move Goldie shit during the day. <laughs> My my dog is old. He <laughs> has his own. <laughs> I'm just joking. My partner is not a dog. Um, he, he has his whole way of life that he had been living long before he met me. So don't move his shit without him. Don't touch his shit without him. Don't move your shit without consulting. Like, there's just a lot. And and also, like, he wants to be there for the process, but he also is, like, grinding his teeth the whole process because it's just so stressful to have, like, a new person move into his home. And so that was just, like, I'm like, dude, you got to chill. Like, you gotta chill. I don't like your shit. You don't like my shit. Like, we're just gonna have to shove it somewhere, okay? Like, we just gotta make it work. And luckily, we got it all put together. I don't really know. I guess it was moving. Oh, and then I fell down the stairs while moving. And so that hurt. And But I survived. And then... An understatement. Yeah, and then my dad came and brought my car. And then... I don't know. It was just a whirlwind of things. Just so many things. I don't know. Um, what else? Oh, I forgot. I didn't even mention the last week besides my, besides the dog. Um, I also got my accommodations for my LSAT test. Um, so I get to take breaks. Um, and I can like, you know, take medication during the exam if I need to. And uh, I also got my three recommenders from for letters of recommendation, and that's really exciting because, like, you know, anytime somebody asks me, like, you know, you need a letter of recommendation, my brain goes blank. I'm like, who on earth would give me a letter of recommendation? I don't know anyone, like, and nobody knows me. Um, but luckily, I got some really stellar people that, like, I think look impressively to to recommend me and they like two of them sent me um pdfs of of letters of rec so i actually got to read them and uh because the letters of recommendation like the the law school application process is through lsac which is like yeah. a service it's yeah, like a similar. so you yeah, don't get so to you, see what they write exactly you like waive your rights to see um but they like sent me their their letters of rec and they're just so flattering. <laughs> like, they're yeah. just so nice. And then I awesome. also um, started my personal statement. I have two sentences. Ugh. Two sentences. The worst part of the it's whole damn thing. It's so journey. hard. I hate it. Um, yeah, and what else? Um, oh, I drew my tattoo. Yeah. I got my tattoo drawn, and now I just have to find a tattoo artist. Actually, I found one in Chicago. And I'm going to have to, like, well, I have to size it because it's too big. (laughs) I always draw too big. So it's too big for my body. So I have to scan it, and then I have to size it and then print it out again. So that's the right size. 
and then I have to get an estimate for how much it's going to cost, which is probably cost like minimum $300. Um, Sheesh. And then like min, mini, mini, minimum, like most likely a half grand. Um, uh, and then what else? You know, one time I went to, like, a tattoo fest in Kansas City, and, like, I got a semi-estimate. Like, I showed them, like, an example of what I'm looking for and where where to have it. And they said, like, $1,000. So, who knows? Anywhere from $500 to $1,000. Yeah. Um, And then what else? Yeah. So, it's just been a whirlwind of stress and trying to fit every little thing. I barely had time to study my French. I've had, like, no time to do any of, like, my actual studying for the LSAT, just, like, doing the paperwork for the LSAT, um, and, like, figuring out which schools to apply to and stuff like that, so that's been done, but it's just too, too much to think about. Okay, so so we've rambled on about ourselves. What are you listening to? Honestly... I'm just going to chalk it up and say EDM music, which is really random, but I've been around Goldie a lot, and he keeps playing this Lollapalooza Spotify playlist, which is essentially just EDM, but it's good EDM uh-huh. because it is what would be featured at Lollapalooza. Yeah. Um, speaking of music, I bought tickets to Austin City Limits Music Festival, which was when I went before, I went once before, it was one of the best weekends of my whole life. And so there is a lot to live up to, but I'm quite excited. I'm so excited for the idea of live music and a festival nonetheless. You know, it's one thing to have a concert, which love, but it's whole new ball game for a festival. So I am absolutely counting down the days. So freaking pumped. Great lineup. I literally bought my tickets the day the lineup was announced. I kept waiting, waiting, waiting for it because they usually release it at the end of May. And I woke up to an email that was like, here it is. Here's the lineup. And I I looked over at Goldie and then I texted one of my really good friends and everyone was in agreement that, yes, we should definitely go. I would encourage anyone to look up the lineup. It's pretty stellar. But that's kind of my music update. So I've also started I'm making a playlist so for that. Yeah. I'm, I don't know what the lineup is. I have no idea what that festival is, but I'm just so jealous that you're going to a concert. Music. Live music. Yeah, and one of, actually, like, my favorite artist other than Tom Petty, so Bleachers, which I've definitely mentioned a lot on this show, is going, and that was for sure one of the reasons why I was so motivated, but I am very excited. I've already seen them live several times, but it just, they recently Never released new music. And by the time we go, they're releasing a whole last new album at the end of July. So by the time we go, they'll be playing their new stuff, which is always very fun. Very cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. What about you? Not much. I've been too busy. When I was making the notes, I had the, I think it's Bruno Mars. I want to be a billionaire stuck in my head while doing the notes for this. Uh, so a little sneak peek of what we're little teaser of what we're going to be talking about. Um, (laughs) But actually super cool. This weekend we were down in uh, like a little shopping district uh, by this coffee shop taking the dog on a walk. And there was a music video being recorded inside a city bus. No music, just walking into music music productions and music videos. Yeah. So, so what's the topic? What are we saying? 
What are we talking about? We are talking about what it would be like if we were quazillionaires is the exact term that Jesse no, no, made no, up. No, 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 some made-up number, basically money is no object. Essentially, the idea is that we're going to talk about wealthy people and what we do if we won the lottery. And even the lottery isn't always going to make you a million, billion, trillionaire. We're just going to pretend like we won the lottery to the point where we're so wealthy that we had to make up a new number. Yeah. 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 Basically, okay. my favorite daydream. <laughs> right, right. All right, Jess, start with the stats. Okay, I made these notes a while ago, so we're all relearning this. Uh, wealthiest countries in the world measured by GDP. I had to remind myself what GDP was. So it's the gross domestic product, which means the amount of goods and services produced by a country in a year. So basically how economic, economically productive a country is. Uh, so number one is Luxembourg. Don't ask me where that is on a map. It's somewhere in Europe. Don't know. Uh, GDP is, uh, or sorry, GDP per capita is 119,000, give or take. Second, Norway, Switzerland, Ireland, and then Iceland. Surprise, surprise. I have no idea about Ireland. That is Isn't that interesting? Surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then U.S. is the seventh. So. That's actually. I, I figured somebody too. would want to know, like, where the U.S. is in that game. Somebody um, would be. I, yeah, <laughs> I found this out from WorldPopulationReview.com and the International Monetary Fund. Uh, wealthiest person in the world? No surprise, Jeff Bezos. Very boring. He he's the Amazon guy. He's from New Mexico. Fun fact, and he's worth 185.2 billion dollars. Sheesh. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I, I looked this up and I was really hoping that it would be some bizarre, like royalty. Yeah. From, from the Middle East or something. I really wanted it to be something like that. It wasn't. Um, and then the wealthiest woman in the world, uh, is Francoise or Francois Bettencourt Myers. Uh, from France, obviously. Um, it's the daughter of the L'Oreal founder. So L'Oreal Paris, yeah. Um, worth $90.6 billion. I found what that out from Forbes. a gap between yeah. the two. No, What's huge that? gap. Yeah, absolutely. Um, wealthiest trans person, Jennifer Pritzker uh, from Illinois. Uh, it's a hotel era, so like Pritzker hotels, yeah. Um She's worth $2 billion, so huge gap uh. there. Yeah, um, and no surprise, she's white. All these people so far are white. Um, and then wealthiest black person, uh, Aliko Dangote, Aliko Dangote, uh, from Nigeria, uh, business magnate, um, $11.8 billion. So, yeah. And then wealthiest person of color there's no well i wanted to do wealthiest black person just because it's relevant for like american culture um and i'm sure other cultures but i can't speak on that but i also just wanted to do like what's the wealthiest person of color like across 
ethnicities, across races, like where are we at? Um, and there's no poll for this, but it seems that it's Mukesh Ambani, uh, which is from, uh, who's from Yemen. And he's a business magnate and he's worth $85.8 billion. So he's up there next to Francois Ben Myers. Yeah. Uh, the wealthiest neighborhood. So, so when you're rich, when you have mm-hmm. kazillion jillion dollars, you'll want to have a home in this neighborhood of Atherton, California, where the average income is over $300,000 a year. Average. And that's from Business Insider. So all of this is pretty much from Forbes and Business Insider. Um, and then the most expensive purse. So so when you have the kazillion jillion dollars and you live in atherton california you need to get this purse it's a muad 1001 knights diamond purse and it's worth 3.8 million dollars i think it's covered in diamonds sounds like it i don't know i don't care i don't like purses anyways so it's not even that cute i just looked it up so, Catherine, you win the gazillion and a million dollars. Who do you tell? Well, I would, I would absolutely tell the people I'm closest to, but I really wouldn't talk about it publicly or flaunt it for a very long time because I wouldn't want people to start expecting me to pay for things, which sounds backwards, but I... You know what they say, people always come out of the woodwork as soon as you have money. And it's a very true thing. So I definitely have witnessed that and also witnessed the difference between people that have a lot of friends that pay for their friends and just the dynamic that exists with that. So I would not want to be a part of that or have my friendships influenced by that. So I would 100% keep it on the DL. And for the people I did tell, I would ask them to keep it on the DL because I've also heard of people through friends of friends that this person is actually crazy wealthy. This person is actually an heiress. You know, this person has a trust fund that she gets to cash out in a year and stuff like that. So I wouldn't want anyone that was close to me to even spread that at all either. Um, And I wouldn't want to be used for it. But I would for sure tell my like family. And I guess when I say family, I really just mean, frankly, my mom. And then maybe some of my my non-blood relatives, you know, that I do consider family. And, you know, I would definitely tell Goldie, for example, and, and certain people that might have done me financial favors over the years. And I would definitely tell Jesse as well. Thank you. I'm over that's here getting mean. nervous. No, 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 no. That's what I mean when I say close friends and family. People that I have established enough relationships with that I wouldn't be concerned that they'd be all of a sudden using me or they wouldn't expect anything. Because that's the other awkward thing is, is when you get that close to someone, sometimes they, they need help. You know, they need a favor. And a lot of times it comes in financially. And that can just be such a sticky situation with close friends and family because it can really mess up the relationship so I just would I wouldn't even want the option I would rather just wish to be the person that I hear about someone's financial problems and then they mysteriously get a $15,000 check in the mail you know what I mean yeah definitely absolutely that's me what about you I mean the first person I tell is 
probably whatever new financial manager or advisor <laughs> I suddenly acquired uh, <laughs> through through months of research. So basically, for a couple months, I'd just be silent and away from everyone researching who to help me take care of my money. So basically, if you drop off the face of the planet for two months, I'll know that you became rich. You'll just assume that I came into a lots of money. <laughs> I like it. I'm gonna hit you up for money if that happens, okay? Okay, okay. You call and I'm like, hello. <laughs> I'm dying in the hospital. I'm stranded in the desert. <laughs> Whatever. Um, anyways. Uh, and then I, I really don't think I'd tell anyone until it came up out of necessity. Like, I think people that I'm close to would suddenly find that all of their financial problems were gone. But I don't think I'd <laughs> right, actually like what I said. <laughs> all of a sudden I look and I have enough money in my bank account for vet school. <laughs> Basically, you get a call from an estates advisor or estates manager saying, oh, so I need you to sign some documents for your trust fund. Oh, you give me a trust fund. I like how you wouldn't just give me the cash. You'd just give me, you'd give me a fund that I can only access at certain times. That's very telling. That's very telling. Yeah. But we already knew. (laughs) <laughs> and I I mean I think I think when I think I'd have to tell my parents eventually because my mom is the most suspicious person in the whole world <laughs> she really is and she would just think something terrible like she would not think you know like did you rub a bank like not that kind of terrible she'd think something like random unrelated to money She'd be like, why are you sneaking around? Are you a sex worker now, Jesse? Like, not that doing sex work is awful, but it's just like something nefarious according to her standards, probably. She'd be very concerned about where she would be very concerned. And she'd do her like little What are you doing? Face. Yeah. Uh-huh. I like it. That face, yeah. <laughs> no, I know I know I'd have to tell her at some point because she's just so suspicious and she just thinks something terrible was happening until I told her. Um and then she'd be like, Oh, oh, okay. Um But yeah, I mean I the reason why I wouldn't want to tell anybody is and including my parents until I absolutely had to, it's just because everybody has an opinion, especially in my world. Especially in my family, everyone has an opinion. Everybody knows where I should put the money. Everybody right. knows what I should be investing in. Everybody knows what I should be donating to. Like, just let my financial advisor tell me, okay? <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my opinion. Basically, no one until absolutely necessary. Okay. Um. Oh how do you how do you want to get paid? I thought about this for a long time and I kind of have a two-prong answer. You know, this is the question of if we would do a lesser payout or like wait, yeah, like a lesser payout where you get part of the 
gazillion jillion dollars or if you do a yearly income plan which allows you to like have that income but it's not obviously as much up front so you might be limited to what you could do like each year um i thought about it for a long time i think for sure if i actually won the lottery i would do the yearly income plan because i would like the idea of having a secured income for a long time and that no matter what i did or stupid stock decisions i made or whatever happened i would still have income that next year and this would also allow me a lot of career flexibility and i wouldn't have to work very much you know theoretically you know if it's a million or billion dollar type of lottery but um and that way i also wouldn't be tempted to spend it all in a short amount of time i think i'm a pretty prudent person and i'm not necessarily worried that i would spend it all in a short period of time but also you never know because i'm quite generous and i think i would just really splurge in paying for things like for my mom example for example i would just throw everything at her i'd be like here here's all this stuff for you know you just for example so i i would like the idea of having a cap and and I think that would be helpful. That's if I actually, actually won the lottery. If, um, but it would also depend on how much I would get because like in real dollars, let's say they say, oh, that's only gonna equate to $20,000 per year. I might reconsider and get it all taxed at once because 20K a year is like, can't really do a hell I mean you can you can not saying that you can't do a lot with 20k but at least in the sense of if I win the lottery that's not going to necessarily get me to what I would want if I won the lottery so it would really depend on the amount what about you okay I would definitely do a long-term pay plan absolutely I'm a long-term person I always want the long game. Um, like I, I eat my dessert last and I eat it slowly. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, and also, um, what was I going to say? Oh, oh, also I want the most money. So like, it doesn't matter how long it takes me to get it. I always want the most, but also something I was thinking about is I would want some sort of insurance plan that no matter what the state of the financial institution paying me, they mm. always have to pay me. Like, uh, what was I going to say? The Michael Burry? Yeah, Michael Burry, the hedge fund manager no idea. from the 2008 recession, like stock market crash of the, of the mortgage industry. Um, you saw the big short, right? Yeah. Okay, uh, Christian Bale's character. Okay, makes a uh, little so, sense. Yeah, so I don't know if you remember, but he started shorting all the markets on the mortgage industry. But while doing that, he also made a pay plan for the banks for when the for when the crash happens, that he would be insured to get paid. Smart. So I would want some sort of plan like that so like no matter the recessions that come up no matter the huge crashes that happen no matter the bankruptcy you have to you get paid yes and i guess that would be a risk too so yes absolutely so i would want my money insured for sure Mm -hmm. what's Um, the first thing you would spend and this is like a big purchase okay student loans 
yeah, just just take that. Yeah, I think I would. I would also agree. I would broaden it to say pay off all outstanding debts, which is my student loans. I don't really have. I mean, you know, maybe I've got a few hundred dollars on a credit card bill, but <laughs> that's just about it. So I, I would literally pay off everything that I ever owed ever, which is nothing. So it's funny that I say that, but in my head, I'm like, pay off all the debts. I'm like, it's really just the student <laughs> loans. It's really just the student loans. But I would 100% pay off that first. Agree with you. Um, and then I think I would put a huge chunk into savings for vet school and then a huge chunk into retirement fund. So I'd do that all pretty much at once. <laughs> I would be like, all right, here's this, pay this off. Here's this in an untouchable fund that can only be used for educational purposes. And here's this in an untouchable fund for retirement all at once. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, first, first, first thing would definitely yeah. be student loans. Well, then what's, so that's big ticket item, but what's the first thing you buy? And by that, I mean small trinket once you find out that you won the lottery. A small trinket? I mean, no, a financial manager. I mean, like, I mean, if you have to pay off your student debt, it's going to be kind of difficult to do that purchase the second you win the lottery. So when you find out you win the lottery, what is actually the first thing you buy? Probably Indian A financial food. manager? Okay. I mean, a financial manager and my student loans, but also just realistically, I'd probably go and get all a the appetizers nice and all my favorite yes. entrees from my favorite Indian restaurant. Yep. All of it. Just everything I want. All the dessert. I'd pay extra so that they can make the desserts vegan. <laughs> Whatever. Because the... That, in, that Indian restaurant is super accommodating. They have, like, gluten-free and vegan options, and they're so good. Cool. I would also get a financial manager 100%. I would invest in that. I would not trust myself alone with all of that. I also wouldn't know what the hell to do investment-wise in the market because I know the theory that once you have a lot of money or you invest a lot of money, you make so much in return. I'm not even talking about investments in stocks because the stock market's volatile, but putting it in the right type of account that yeah, that's what I, I was then say. accrue a shit ton of interest every day because I just put $2 million in the bank, so I'm getting... $100,000 every month just in interest because I have so much in the bank. So I would need someone to outline those things. So I would also agree with you, a financial manager well, also advisor. just how to file your income. Yeah, and how that changes and with taxes too. and all the things that get confusing when you get up there. Yeah. Yeah. What? How much liquid cash do I have versus like, what are we putting in savings? All this stuff. So I would 100% hire someone. I agree. Um, but for like a buy, I don't even really know. I think I would not know what the hell to do with myself. And I think I'd probably just go on a really sporadic shopping spree. I think I wouldn't tell anyone. I would just suddenly get in my car and then go drive to like a furniture store and just buy half the furniture store or something like that. Because I really and I and it's funny because <laughs> I've got I've got I've got house decorating on the brain, which is why I'm saying furniture store. And it's funny how how my brain works because in my head I was like, oh my god, I'd buy all the decorations from Walmart. Like, and then I'm I'm like, Catherine, why am I limiting myself to Walmart if I'm like a zillionaire? Go to like uh, the the finish or, or like what is it called? Mar- 
it or whatever. Oh no, what I was gonna say is um what is it? Barn. Yeah, West Elm or or um what do they call what do they call that style? It was in the like reference in the good place. It's like Scandinavian chic or whatever, or like <laughs> Finnish chic or Norwegian yeah. chic. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's uh-huh. like curated, like minimalist pieces. Yeah, and then and then it's funny because in my head I'd be like, I'm gonna go spend all the money on the things that I either saved up for or I wouldn't buy all at once. But again, in my brain, I'm like, I would go to Target, a clothing store. If anyone's and- ever seen Cat with a purse, she's like, throw it in the car, get it out of the closet, it's stuck on the door. Yes, I throw that bitch all over the place. I am swinging it over my head. It is not lasting long. I got dogs chewing on it. I got liquid spilling on it. So the point is, is Goldie beat me to it because he bought me a really nice Michael Kors purse once and it's lasted me three years. See, that's what I'm trying to say is it has lasted me and I do take good care of my things. But so there's certain things that I do see value in investing in, but I don't, I don't give two shits about my brands or I don't like wearing things with a lot of logos on them or whatever, because it's just not important to me. So anywho, I, I'll, I'll pay for quality, but I don't pay for the brand. So point is, I feel like because of how I grew up, I am very good with deals. I love the Dollar Tree. I love the Walmart home section. You you guys have no idea. That is my happy place, which makes me sad because it's Walmart, you know, like it's Walmart. And I hate supporting, I hate supporting the Walton or whatever family conglomerate they are. But I love the Walmart home section, okay? When I'm depressed, that is where I go. I don't buy new clothes. I don't buy anything. I go to the home section, the decoration section of Walmart. Yeah. Nice. I think it's because I nest so heavily. My space is so critically important to me for it to make me happy. And I do that by getting things that make the space feel like mine and I actually have found I cannot I cannot recommend the Walmart home section enough but I'm actually being so serious they actually have very nice quality things for lower prices and it's the same kind of shit you're gonna find at Target for 15 bucks more or another just home goods store but it's because they usually copy the design of the higher end stores and then marketed it down. Yeah. So simple as that. But the point is, is I really, really like the stuff and I actually don't feel like it's hella cheap because that is something that you have to kind of reconcile between when you're balling on a budget is what is actually a good deal and what is a filler space that when you actually put it in a house, it looks so small that it looks cheap. Anyways, that's another topic for another day. Point is, I feel like I would really just go buck wild at some pretty average stores. That is so funny because my first thought when you start talking about like things non-related to food, because my first thought is food. I'm like, I would also, I would also also invite like four people that lived in the area or hell, I might even text you, Jesse, get on a plane. I'm paying for you to come have dinner with me tonight. (laughs) Ha ha ha. (laughs) 
So I'd say <laughs> I would probably organize something around food because I also thought about food. Yeah, but when you start talking about things, my first thought is Etsy. I'm like, I can finally oh, get that that right. That, you think about the things you're you're on your wish list. Yeah, I can finally get that quilt from India. Yeah. I can finally get that. Yeah, I can finally get that uh, necklace, that antique necklace. Uh, you know. But I feel like overall, and this was a very blessed conclusion to come to while I was doing notes for this episode. I'm actually quite happy materialistically right now. And I feel as if the things I have are in good working order. You know, some people would say I would go buy a car. Well, I actually really like my car. It's kind of fine. Like, it's doing good. I love my car. (laughs) Well, you also have a brand new freaking car. Um, Yeah, yeah, maybe I would go get the newest version of my current car. But it's it's stuff like that that I'm... I love the house I'm in right now. I can't wait to talk about it on a future episode. But I'm pretty happy for the most part yeah yeah no I definitely the things that are stressors for me materialistically are loans mm-hmm. and, and flights bills. and bills and oh, I would 100% get a private jet oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah we oh, can split yeah. it yeah it could be I mean, a that's if we share. both want it <laughs> I'm sure we could find a weekend each where we don't both need it. Yeah. But yeah, that'd be a great idea. Cost effective. A private yeah. jet 100% would be in my early lineup of things because oh, I have absolutely. such a bad flying anxiety that a private jet, I oh. feel like, would really just make things so much better. See, for me, I just oh. can't handle the delays. I can't I hate handle the delays. layovers and the delays. And the smelly people. But, you know, side note, Goldie actually for his job just got um, a a club card for flights because that's recommended when you're racking up so many miles, you know, that the company pays for. So that is very exciting. But moreover, my club card. No, wait, wait, let me get in my purse. I know, right? Club card. Yeah. feel really bougie but it's funny because now he does actually have access to the clubs in the airport and let me tell you that made that horrible delay that we dealt with on monday so much better because is it worth oh. it because i just imagine that it's a quieter version of the normal waiting area i would say it depends on where you live because i have now been in this club in both houston and in chicago and the chicago one i mean obviously it's an international airport was a lot nicer i mean the houston one the point is is it's way quieter so quiet the seats are comfortable as hell and you have couches with foot rests and space and private seating areas for you and your party and here's the kicker you have free drinks booze included and free food so that's really nice especially if you have any sort of a layover because then you don't have to spend exorbitant amounts of money on food or water bottles or anything like that all of that is free and you can even get a little drunk too I had several Bloody Marys. Very good. So that, I mean, the perks are really nice, but only if you travel a lot and also only if you're near an airport, first of all, that has one of the clubs because not every airport has every club. 
And it's a nice one. Yeah. Yeah, when I flew to Kansas, Kansas City to then drive to Tulsa for your graduation, I had all the voucher money um, from mm-hmm. the from Southwest. So I didn't, you know, I didn't have enough time to use it. So I just bought Business Select for the flights. So I had little drink tickets with my flight yeah. there and back. I didn't use them because I didn't really feel comfortable, like, by myself drinking with random people around me during a pandemic. The whole thing was a little overwhelming, but yeah, I felt very silly with my little drink tickets. Oh, I also wanted to mention, because this is the most important part to me, when I get my special Indian food, when I'm a gazillionaire, I will also put down a huge tip for the whole staff, like individual, and they wouldn't be uh, tips. I would call them a gift so that they're not taxable the same way. Smart. And they would be to each individual person working there. That's nice. Including well, the people that were not there that day, because how awful would it be to just have not? You worked missed that the day. day of work where everyone got ten thousand dollars. Exactly, like that would be so shitty. So no, I would definitely, definitely tip even the stuff that wasn't there that day. So who's the first person you would treat though? On that note, I mean, my parents probably. Um, if they were. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. If they were like normal people, I would have... Sorry, I wrote these notes earlier and I didn't remember what I was talking about. (laughs) So, yeah. But no, I remember. If they were normal people, I'd do like a private investigator to like get all their financial details so that I could pay everything off secretly as like a secret donor. But my mom would fight that shit. She would fight it so hard. She'd Which is be funny because like, it's paying off debt. Yeah. She, she'd she say, there's been a mistake. No, you're wrong. She'd be screaming at the banker on, on the phone saying, there's got to be a mistake because I don't want to be served some sort of bill later on because you messed up or whatever, thinking that's going to come back and bite her in the ass. And so I would just, I would just pay it all off with the private investor because they would never tell me their financial situation. So I'd still have to get the private investigator. (laughs) I'd pay it all off. And then I'd tell them so that they didn't freak out at the bank or whatever, you know, credit union or or whatever they're borrowing from for stuff. Because I think my dad's still paying off student loans. I think they've got their mortgage almost paid off or maybe they did just pay off their mortgage. I don't know. And yeah. And then I'd buy them uh age appropriate home <laughs> when i say age appropriate home they're not old That's really funny. they're not old but it doesn't make sense to buy somebody a home that they won't be able to live in in 10 years so because they my dad will be old in 10 years and he may not be able to go upstairs in 10 years and right now my parents have a finished basement and an upstairs that has at least 13 stairs on each so mm-hmm. that's not age appropriate. So I'd buy them like a ranch style 
gorgeous home in like Montana or something. Yeah. Beautiful with beautiful scenery, but close to the hospital. So if the hospital needed to come get them by ambulance, they wouldn't have to go through the mountains and stuff. Um, yeah. So that's what I would do. Uh, probably is treat them first. Can you put a restraining order on someone on someone else's behalf without telling them? I don't think so. Mm. We'll talk about it later. I just thought about that. I'm like, man, if I have all this money, I wonder if I could get around that legal threshold there. But yeah, we can talk about it later. All right. Just a little favor, a little family favor. Maybe a couple of restraining orders. <laughs> what about nice. you? Who would you treat? We know oh, the answer. You know the answer. Yeah. Everyone knows the answer. I treat my mom 100%. If, I mean, first of all, she wouldn't be the only person I would treat. But well, yeah. she would 100% be number one uh, immediately. I would. And the thing is, too, is that I'm so proud of her because she's so good financially. You know, for a single mom and all of the financial bullshit she's had to overcome. I mean, for heaven's sakes, like, and this is this is personal, but I trust you all. Y'all are my friends. When my father passed away, <laughs> that was the most Midwestern shit I've ever heard come out of your my mouth. Friends. I trust you all. Y'all are my friends. <laughs> God bless I... your little hearts. Yeah. When my my dad passed away, my mom and him had been divorced by that point for like at least 10 to 12 years. But because his family kind of suck, and that's all leave it at that, um, similar wavelength of restraining orders for close family that Jesse's on talking about. So anyways, they were theoretically the next of kin to deal with things, but they didn't. And I was too young. I was underage at this point, so I couldn't do anything. So my mom, because she wanted to ensure that I got property of all my dad's things and, you know, the money and all that kind of stuff, she uh, basically paid the entirety of, you know, the things that happen when someone dies, like lawyer fees. And that was a lot of lawyer and court fees because I was underage. I was not theoretically next of kin and she was divorced from him. So there was a lot of legal stuff to go through. And she paid for everything, everything regarding his estate to make sure that I got what I wanted, which is just so incredibly kind of her or else I wouldn't have had certain things in my dad's that now, like his leather jacket, for example, and stuff like that that I just irreplaceable to me. So she has just done so much for other people financially over the years that she is an amazing person. And so she has managed to keep herself so financially well off, even despite all of that, that even though she doesn't have really any outstanding debt, like I would still pay off everything that she possibly had, you know, like the rest of the mortgage on the house and she has a rental property like that I'd pay off and I'd pay off her company even gives her a car. So it's like not even a car payment. Like I, I would just, I don't know what I would do. I would just like pay off everything and then give her like a huge amount of money. And then I would basically give her a huge chunk of change to remodel our family home to her heart's 
little content because she lives for shit like that. And she always does yeah. it in chunk because that's what you have to do unless you have this huge surplus of cash all at once. But I would be like, no, we're going to do everything you've ever wanted to do on this house right now. And like, I would just, we would just do the whole thing. And then I would take her on a shopping trip some some place some place she's always wanted to go and i'd buy her a lot of shoes because she loves shoes she loves shoes so i would buy take a her lot. to paris and that's what i thought i was shoes. thinking paris because also she used to speak a little french so i think she would really love being in france in general so i would want to take her to some sort of fashion capital and just be like you can buy whatever you want well Anyways. my first thought was the food in the shoes for her yeah yeah, she yeah. and just a vacation in general. And then I would prompt her to <laughs> quit her job. Vacation. <laughs> yeah, I I would tell her it's okay. You can just I'll just give you income every year. It's fine. She'd be like, no, I'm gonna keep my job. But I yeah, I would still insist <laughs> on at least a week long vacation. That is so funny. Yeah, but, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I'd even bother with the whole yearly stipend thing for my parents like maybe for my dad so that he could retire when he wants without stressing about it I'd cover everything the panda needs <laughs> but uh, I mean my mom we we always joke that my mom will be escorted out of work when she's too old to work <laughs> she will be escorted off the premises <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, my dad, you know, he's older than her and he's also been a lot harder on his body than she has. Uh, and also has stressed his self out probably equally as much, um, to, to that effect. So, you know, I think he'd rather be doing something else in the next 10 years than working yeah. probably. Um, and I mean, if my mom wants to do that, then I'd be elated for that as well. And, you know, here you go. Here's your... Vacay, yeah. Here's your trip around the world, whatever. Yeah, yeah, definitely, um, for sure. Anyways, I'm like getting caught up in like all the gift giving. I would do. All the <laughs> I know, I know. And we need to keep, we need to go fast so we can wrap it up in like 15 minutes. So, okay. Jesse, what pipe dreams would come true? Oh my goodness! So my pipe dream for a very long time, like I'd say at least since midway through high school is I've always wanted to somehow contribute to the rights of minors and children, um, you know, as well, as well as infants, but yeah, just all minors in general, but I'd start some sort of nonprofit and, or a law firm or lobbying firm of some sort, you know, all of the above for youth rights, uh, focusing on lowering the voting age, um, legal emancipation services and uh, also, of course, medical emancipation if that's what they need. And then union rights um, so that like students can start unions even in high school or grade school or whatever. Just things that don't fall under, that fall under citizenship, but don't fall under the rights of youth. So, mm -hmm. so that youth, youths. So uh, I would want to contribute to that. Um, I'd also buy a bunch of houses. Um, <laughs> so once I'm done, you know, saving the children, I would buy a bunch of houses. Of course. 
Um, in France, uh, South Korea, probably. Thailand. Because you have to. I mean, if you're rich, you have to have a house in Thailand. So just somewhere. Or, or own a hotel or some, some shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something silly. Like, you know, when you have that much money, you have to be silly about it. You have to have something silly. So I would have, like, houses just everywhere. And then, of course, we, we we talked about the plane and jet. Gotta yes. do that. That's just a necessity. That's not a pipe dream. That's just a necessity at that point. Because how, how, and I need a landing strip for all my houses. How else are you expected to travel? How else am I expected to get to all my houses? One yeah. for every day of the week. Only what's necessary. (laughs) (laughs) I'd also love to start... And and this is the really silly one, but I'd love to start some sort of commercial label campaign, something, for, like, all the the product and services requirements I care about. So, like, a universal label... Like, you know, like, cruelty-free, save the dolphins, uh, vegan, gluten-free, blah, 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 you know, fair trade, all those different labels. I would want, yeah. like, a universal label. Like, do you remember the movie Hancock? Yeah. Do I you remember what, um, what's his face? Will Smith's mentor throughout the whole thing. You know I what I'm talking seen about? I have that movie in years, but I do remember it, yeah. Okay. So, at the beginning, he was trying to promote this universal label of, like, highest commercial standards for products. And it had, like, a little heart. And it was, like, a... That's what oh, I yes. want to do. Yeah. That's what I want to do. Like, so, some sort of label that says, this covers all the bases. You know, renewable, compostable, vegan, gluten-free. Just all the things so that you don't have to find the 10,000 labels on the product. You just can find the one. Um, so that would be cool. Yeah, that would be what really else? cool. I like that. Um, I like that idea. And it's silly. Like, you probably you probably wouldn't be able to do something like that. But maybe. I mean, if you're a Kazillion Jillionaire. There are no boundaries. Right? No boundaries. What else? What else? I had something else. Uh... Oh. Okay. I must have gone from most reasonable to the silliest. So here's the most silly. The mostest. I would invest in studies like the secret CIA... NASA studies on human teleportation because that would that would take care of the whole jet problem, the time problem. It really would. The would time problem of... that we've talked about, it would just yes. really make everything so much better. Yes. And you know what? If I'm a gazillion jillionaire, that means you can't say no to me. Exactly. If I'm pumping money into this project, somebody's going to give me something. Yeah. And that's my I reasoning. Like There. I'm done with my laundry list of silly things. Now, what are you going to make come true? I 
I just have like if I genuinely thought that I had no hurdles which in the sense to me financial is a huge one because exactly what you said when you have enough money usually you can kind of bypass a lot of that red tape anyways so this is more so what would I do if I had no boundaries (laughs) Uh, no nothing to hold me back first of all I would never have to worry about finances again And this is a very deep-rooted insecurity of mine because of just some trauma that I went through in my childhood. So the idea of never having to worry about myself, my family, like my future children, my mom, ever again, which we're okay now. But the point is, is never having to think about that possibility or have that insecurity exist ever again would just be a dream. So I would love to get rid of that concern that just seems to always be waiting in the back of my brain. Um, I would get to help my mom, which is something I've always wanted to do. It's why I, you know, we were talking earlier about why we had to take this hiatus and how on my last week, my last freedom week before I started a full-time job, I went to Kansas to do yard work. And so many people that I've told that to were like, why the hell would you do that? Why would you spend your time? First of all, why would you spend your time at home with your mom? Or why would you spend your time, you know, doing hard labor? And it's like, because I like to help her. Also, I like to hang out with her. So the company is there too, but... I just, she doesn't let me help with a lot of things. And that's why I think even if I did win the lottery, I don't know how much she would actually help me or let me help her with. Kind of like what you were saying with your parents. I don't know if she'd, she probably wouldn't even want to quit her job or anything like that. But the point is, is I would still be able to, to do that. And then she would never have to worry again. And then anything she ever did could just be for fun. She wouldn't have to think about it. Um, but when it comes to tangible things... I would, this sounds so dumb, but like I'd get to buy anything and I'd never be limited and I would truly test the theory, does money buy happiness? I would test that shit out and I would even maybe fund a whole research project with me as the subject, does money buy happiness? And I would have a really good viewpoint based on on how studies work, but yeah. Right, exactly. But my point is, is I I would actually maybe fund a research project about that maybe me not as the subject obviously a larger study so it was statistically significant anywho that would be really cool i would definitely test that theory because i read an article somewhere that the whole phrase money doesn't buy happiness actually was written and pushed as propaganda by the upper class it was either during the great depression or a huge recession something like 200 years ago like they're not 200 years ago like I don't know, 50 to 200 years ago. We'll just say that really broad range. But it was sometime during the period of America. (laughs) Basically, something happened economically and the lower class was really pissed because the upper class were just sitting high and mighty as always. And they were like, come on, help. And basically, the upper class made this stupid little phrase, money doesn't buy happiness, as a way to placate lower class so they would stop being on their asses about better pay and saying all these things like money can't buy you health or safety or whatever when actually that's not true it can buy you those things it can buy you security anyways point is is 
it's been a whole societal lie that that is true because it's not. And a study was done, actually a study was done, and I it's vague, so I don't know this for sure, for sure. Do not take my word for this. Look it up yourself. But I seem to remember that there's a threshold of happiness that money can buy. And I might have already, do I already talk about this? I feel like I've already talked about this because I've t- said this to so many people that will listen. Okay, well, it's basically if you are bringing in annually 100K, that's the threshold, at least in America currently with what things cost. If you and not like you and another person's combined income, because then that's another person to worry about. But like you have 100K coming in every year. That is a high enough threshold that you are guaranteed security for all your hierarchy of needs and you still have enough to get a lot of your wants and do things like vacations or stress relievers or other things that allow you to like live a pretty cushy life, essentially. So that's apparently the threshold of money can't buy happiness. Once you get over that threshold, it can't buy much more happiness than what you can already get at 100K. So that's apparently the life goal. There you go. Um, I don't either. Anyways, so I would also definitely get my dream home, my dream car. I don't know what those things would be, but I would get them and, or I would set up the money to get them in the future when I did find them. I don't know what would make me happy, but I'm going to get it. I mean, if let, let's be real, I would sure get like a original vintage 1969 Shelby GT Mustang, like sure. Or like a brand new McLaren Spider Ladies with scissor doors. She does know what she wants. <laughs> yeah, I just said, I don't know what I want. But, you know, when I'm thinking about it, sure, those are dream cars. But it's the point is, is I would, I would. You have a hard time even things. fathoming the things that you know are your dreams to actually right. be able to get those things. Because I don't want to think like those are just, those are, we're talking about pipe dreams. Those are pipe dreams to me. They're not something I need or generally even want right now. What the hell am I going to do with a vintage Mustang? I can't put it in the garage. I don't want it sitting out in front of my house, just wasting away, rusting in the elements. Anyways. Anywho. So I, I would get those things eventually, but more, again, more tangible. I could get through vet school without taking out a dime. Obviously I would travel everywhere. I would take a whole year just to literally travel the globe, maybe go on one of those year-long cruises that literally travels the whole globe. Um, I would for sure start my own business, not only my private practice, but I would also fund a way to stop letting corporate companies buy up small vet practices or private equity like metal in small vet owned companies. So I'd create some sort of fund that allowed people to actually keep their clinics open without being snatched up. It's so annoying because Mars, like the candy company or whatever, owns like all two or three of the largest conglomerates of veterinary corporate medicine. They not only own all the food, all the medicine, all the clinics, like it's it's insane. I don't know how the hell it hasn't been broken up yet. But anyways, point is, I would just buy all of that out. <laughs> Get them yeah. the hell out. Um, and then I would definitely start my own volunteer organization, probably open my own animal shelter, just some really obscure thing like a dog hotel so there would be no homeless dogs ever, 
you know, like in every city, just some crazy shit like that. And then I would start my own elder care business, which I'm not divulging on here because it is a secret future endeavor between Jesse and I. So not going to tell you details, but I would fund that and I would do that, which we've been talking about since we were. It has to do with elder care. Yes, that's all you get to know. And we could finally start that, so that'd be cool. And then I would also still work as a vet. I would still go to vet school, but then I would do everything pro bono. That is a big dream of mine, is to get enough financial security that I can just do so much pro bono work and so much like like Spain. Spain and neutering everything <laughs> yeah. for free and vaccines yeah. for free. Um, life-saving surgeries. Like I would just do all of that for free. Anywho. Uh, yeah, that those are those are my pipe dreams, and uh, I guess on that note, I'm going to talk about shopping spree. So if I could pick like a grand shopping spree, you know, something I had time to plan for, I would literally take you, of course, Jess. I would take my mom, and I would take Goldie, and then I take my dogs. But I'd take them all on separate situations. So maybe you, me, and my mom or something like that. But I would definitely do like separate things. But for us, I, or for example, like with my mom, I'd go clothing, shoe shopping with my mom. And Jesse, I definitely think we would also go clothing and shoe shopping. But I would do some sort of elaborate thing, like I mentioned earlier with my mom. Take a private jet, go to all the fashion capitals of the world, all of them, just all of them. And then just buy anything and everything we wanted. A month-long shopping spree. Just, that's all we did. And we had, like, little people walking around with us to carry our bags so our arms never got tired. Like, I'm talking that extreme. And then spa days thrown in there. So that is 100% what I would do. But I would get so many clothes, so many shoes. I would get things that I don't really need, but have always thought would be nice to have. Like, maybe a large purse collection or some expensive perfume definitely don't see I don't see the value in perfume (laughs) fun fact about me I don't I think you can get really nice perfume in like shitty bottles or or uh, essential oils anywho um and oh the hair care products I'd buy and I think I would also go in style so like what I was saying I would hire people to follow me around and carry my bags drive me around in a limo rent out a whole damn store just so I can be there by myself or with you yeah. And then I would definitely go, I would have to go to the Walmart home goods section, the Ashley furniture store, and then probably just home goods in general. And then maybe an appliance store because I love appliances. I'm really weird. I related to that so much because <laughs> I love appliances. I love appliances. I would get the big instant pot, not just the little mini. I would get the whole big one. Do I have use for it? No. Would I get it? Yes. I would get the I would get the water boiling pitcher. Oh my god! Think bigger, Jesse. See, I'm over <laughs> here like Walmart Home Goods, and then I'm mad at you for a boiling pitcher of water. But no, you I know what you're talking, talking about, about the kind that you make like for tea or like yeah. your your oatmeal that like you don't really need because like you have a stove and you have a pot and you have water. Or you could but... just put it in the microwave for two minutes. We're bougie. But so we're we bougie. Little... <laughs> and we have a barista that lives in our home. <laughs> oh, you're thinking too small. 
Yeah, I would love a staff. I have but the a funny full thing is, staff. is I would only have them for the days I didn't feel like doing it. My mom thinks I'm nuts because I enjoy things like cooking and cleaning. I get a thrill out of grocery shopping. I love that shit. So I would happily still do that. I love grocery shopping. I'd be happy to buy the groceries for my chef, but I'm not cooking. I would never cook again, ever. I would never clean dishes again. That I would 100%. That's the funny thing too, is I love cleaning, but I would get someone just for the dishes. It's the only thing I don't like to do. No, I like organizing. I like unpacking. I hate everything else. Hate everything else. And I should specify, I don't hate everything else. It is physically exhausting for me to do everything else. And I hate how exhausted I am. So it's more of that. Ooh, I would get my own If life wasn't so hard, then I would be fine cooking. Well, you could buy all the best medical care you could possibly get. That too. That would be my big thing. I would do concierge medicine for sure. Uh, And mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then do, like, the experimental shit in, like, South America. Mm-hmm. Spend some time in a hut in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, tell me about your shopping spree. Where would you go? Right. Where, what do you get? Okay, so I take you because you're the fun shopping buddy. Nobody else is as fun to shop with. So, uh-huh. yeah. Um, and it would probably be, like, a weekend because you can't do it all in one day. I mean, it might need to be a week long. It really just depends on or a month. Not a month. I've got shit to do. But we can do <laughs> a weekend or a week. I'm still busy, Catherine. I'm rich. Oh, I'm not. Yeah. Okay. I'm rich. Even I'm not... in Jesse's fantasies, she's busy and stressed. I'm busy and stressed. That's the only way I can live. I'm like a okay. shark. I literally cannot stop swimming. Can't stop. Okay. Or I'll die. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. So we're shopping. Uh, my chauffeur would pick you up and bring you to my private jet. And then my private jet would bring you to me and my home, one of my homes, one. whichever one was closest to you. And then we'd have brunch prepared by my personal chef who we've talked about. We'll, we'll call her Francesca. Sounds like a fancy, fancy chef, fancy, innovative, vegan, gluten-free chef. So Francesca makes us food and uh, I take her everywhere with me. So she comes on our private jet too. So yeah. Um, And so first place we go, we go to, and I cannot say this. I've heard other people say it, so I'm going to do my best, but I cannot say it. So Zapotitlan, Mexico. And we'll go to tour the artisanal salt fields uh, made by the families who have kept the tradition going for hundreds of years and buy some artisanal salt to bring your mother for her cooking and for you and for me, uh, for Francesca, you know. And then we uh, might stop by Puebla, which is the closest city, for some local market shopping, maybe buy some like you know, cute beading stuff, yeah. some 
some, I don't know, some local stuff, some tequila, I don't know. Um, and, <laughs> and then we stay at the Cartesiano, I did research on this, Cartesiano Hotel in Puebla for the night. So I planned this out, Kat. Okay. 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 We're, we're, we're running with the whole manifest culture here. Yeah, we're <laughs> we both go manifesting. Yeah, whatever. Um, and in, uh, yeah, so the Cortesiano Hotel in Puebla for the night. Look it up. It's gorgeous. And then in the morning, we, we have to get up early because we have to go to Calcutta in West Bengal, India for some sleep fine on the plane. So, Yeah, well, yeah, we can nap on the plane and have Francesca make us crepes or something. And then we can um, go get some silk tapestry and textiles from India. And then, of course, we have to get Indian food. Of course. Yeah. You know, Francesca can just hang out with us for this one because I obviously want, like, you know, the local people to make it for me. And then, um, and of course, we tip them like a year's salary because we can. Um, And then, you know, you can pick the next thing. Because, you know, I got my salt, I got my tapestry and textiles. You can you can pick the next thing. So, like, if you want to go to Paris, we can go to Paris. If you want to go to, you know, Venezuela, we can go to Venezuela, whatever. Um, but the rule is only secondhand or local. Okay. Simple yeah. enough. Um, and then we'd have to end it by buying you a house and, uh, and paying for your vet tuition. Shit, so that would be like nice. the end of the shopping spree would be uh, like going and touring your new homes. To and then you from. writing me a $250,000 check for vet school. <laughs> if, if that's all that you want, then sure. I was thinking a much larger check, but Ooh. sure. Yeah. Um, and it wouldn't be a check because no one should be handed that large of a check. Um, it would be a, it would be a, a contract that you would be handed by my lawyer. <laughs> I like this. I like this. It's, it's yeah, be so like my, my sugar planned, daddy. That's my planned curated shopping spree. You didn't even hear my quip. I, I called you my sugar daddy. No, I did. I, yeah. I just thought it, I didn't think it was a quip. I thought it was real. I thought. Well, yeah. The, I like yeah. the scenario though. Um, yeah. Okay. We really have to wrap up. So super quickly, what is something you can't live without now that you're so bougie? My chef. Francesca. I love her. Yeah. I need her. I can't live without her. Yeah. And then my driver, probably. Um, my my wingman. That's what I will call my personal assistant. Basically, my staff. I cannot live without my staff. I like know? it. It doesn't matter where I live, but I have to have my full staff. For sure. Okay. What about you? The, it's funny. We were just talking about this. I don't think I'd hire a bunch of people to help me. Other than maybe someone to come deep clean my house for the week, each week. I'd like being my own personal assistant. I don't know. It would be nice to have the money to eat out when I want to, when I don't feel like cooking. So that would be kind of a cool necessity. And this is one thing that is so unnecessary, but I would get, I think I would buy a Tesla. But only because of the auto drive mode and the fact it can turn into a bed. Or I would just get some sort of car that could drive for me. So then I could go on road trips because road trips matter because I have dogs, you know, like I can't fly everywhere, but I don't necessarily like being stuck behind the wheel. So maybe I just need to get like a really nice limo with a driver, something like that. But yeah, I would definitely have something related to driving. You can fly everywhere because you have a jet, Kat. 
I know, but I don't always like flying everywhere. Okay. That's the okay. thing, too. I think, I think I would still like road trips, especially for places that are only a few hours away, but I wouldn't want to do the driving and I would want to just like chill out and like watch a movie and hang out with the dogs in a nice backseat. I think if I had a gazillion dollars, I would fund uh, that like a super train. You know, when they were talking about that a very long time ago where they were yes. doing some sort of fun yes, between across like, America. Kansas City and St. Louis or something. It was as, across like, the, America, a light train. I know, but it was supposed to go between like Chicago and Kansas City, yep. something like that to begin with. I would fund that because I love um, like the idea of going on a train, but trains aren't practical when you're on a deadline. Yeah. So I think it would be cool to have like some sort of subway like really national cool. transnational subway system i would speaking of traveling i think i would get one of those really bougie rvs couldn't live without my rv why the hell not the rvs are kind of inconvenient maybe just more like a camper van for traveling that you can live out of and because i'm now so bougie i could not live without donating so much money just so much money couldn't live without that and this is very simpleton of me but the big thing i would just like drop hundred dollars everywhere oh, I go. Yeah, I'd, have, yeah. I'd have like a purse with a hole in the bottom that just like drops hundreds <laughs> that sounds amazing i just run behind you all the time uh, you'd never get rid of me yeah, um, somebody would, like, think they're all cool and, like, mug me, and I'd be like, dude, you could have just asked for the purse. <laughs> hey, take the purse, too. It's the most expensive in the world. It's $3 million of diamonds. Right, $3.8 million. Um, <laughs> so diamond here, encrusted. Here's the, here's the simpleton thing that I wouldn't live without if I was bougie. Getting my nails done every single week or whenever I got a single chip. I would get them redone and I'd get the nice expensive treatment, you know, the really long massage and all of that. So basically a, a weekly hand and foot massage. Oh, and laser hair removal, a hundred thousand dollar wedding and a private jet. I'm a simpleton. Definitely simple. Yeah. I man, my thoughts are like, like once the loans are paid for, once you've got the fund for school, once you've got the fund for, you know, the kid Panda, once you've got the fund for, you know, the retirement fund and the medical fund, tutors. I just think LSAT tutor, French tutor, ah. like personal concierge therapist. Always on call. Like these are my pipe dreams. <laughs> Well, this was a very smiley episode. I'm glad we got to talk about it because I think it's good to to talk out loud about these things and not be like depressed that you can't immediately have them. And I'm happy we we're able to have such a positive conversation about it. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. And of course, it went we're long. too young to be bitter about not having money. Yeah. You know? Like, we'll get there. Yeah. And, you know, we're not doing bad things. No. Like I have, I have savings. I have investments. We're okay. That's something else I did this month. So Ooh. I'm getting there. I'm getting to my gazillion jillion. Yes. Give me some time. It takes a while to collect it those many bills. Yeah. Dollar bills, not not dollar bills, bills y'all. <laughs> okay. 
with that okay we gotta leave we gotta leave uh we'll see y'all in a couple weeks bye bye thank you for hanging out with coffee talk cover art is by our very own jesse and cat theme music is by spencer thutt background music is produced under creative commons Coffee Talk is an independent podcast supported by two struggling 20-somethings, so we shamelessly beg our listeners to support the podcast by subscribing to our Patreon or donating through our website, coffeetalkpod.com. Talk to you soon. Bye.